Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Imagine you stood on one side of a room and watched someone ring a bell. Only the sound never reached your ears. Now imagine the reason it didn't is because the sound had fallen into an architectural trap. That's a phenomenon mathematicians are working on, which could change the future of LEDs. In the 1950s, Philip Anderson, a physicist at Bell Laboratories, discovered a strange phenomenon. In some situations where it seems as though waves should advance freely, they just stop. It's like a tsunami halting in the middle of the ocean. Anderson won the 1977 Nobel Prize in Physics for his discovery of what is now called Anderson localization. The term refers to waves that stay in some local region rather than propagating as you'd expect. He studied the phenomenon in the context of electrons moving through impure materials, but under certain circumstances it can happen with other types of waves as well. Even after Anderson's discovery, much about localization remained mysterious. Researchers were able to prove that localization does indeed occur, but they had a very limited ability to predict when and where it might happen. Let's go back to our example of standing on the edge of a room and having a sound fail to reach you. After Anderson, you knew the sound had localized somewhere along the way, but you still didn't know exactly where it went. For decades, that's what mathematicians and physicists struggled to explain. This is where Svetlana Maiboroda comes in. She's a mathematician at the University of Minnesota. Five years ago, Maiboroda began to untangle the long-standing puzzle of localization. She came up with a mathematical formula called the landscape function. It predicts exactly where waves will localize and what form they'll take when they do. While most math advances take decades to make their way into practical uses, my Baroda's work is already being applied in physics. That's because LED lights, or light-emitting diodes, depend on localization. They light up when electrons in a semiconducting material start out in a position of higher energy. They then get trapped, or localize, in a position of lower energy and emit the difference as a photon of light. But LEDs are still a work in progress. If they're to become the future of artificial light, engineers need to make them more efficient. If physicists can gather a better understanding of the math of localization, engineers can build better LEDs. With the help of my Baroda, the effort is already underway. Localization is not an intuitive concept. In an ordinary room, sound waves propagate freely until they hit your eardrums, get absorbed into the walls, or dissipate in the air. But physicist Philip Anderson realized that when waves move through highly complex or disordered spaces, like a room with irregular walls, the waves can trap themselves in place. Anderson studied localization in electrons moving through a material. He found that if the material's atomic structure is random, the electron waves scatter and reflect in complicated ways that can lead the waves to disappear. Physicists have long understood that localization is related to wave interference. If the peaks of one wave align with the troughs of another, you get destructive interference. The two waves will cancel each other out. 
Localization takes place when waves cancel each other out everywhere, except in a few isolated places. For such nearly complete cancellation to happen, you need the waves to be moving through a complicated space that breaks the waves into a variety of sizes. The waves then interfere with each other. If the complicated mix of sound waves is just right, they combine to give silence. The principle is simple. The calculations are not. Understanding localization has always required simulating the infinite variety of wave sizes and exploring every possible way those waves could interfere with each other. It's an overwhelming calculation that can take researchers months to carry out. With some materials, it's altogether impossible unless you have the landscape function. In 2009, Mai Baroda went to France and presented research she'd been doing on the mathematics of thin plates. She explained that when the plates have a complicated shape and you apply uniform pressure against one side, they may bulge out in unexpected places while remaining almost flat in others. Physicist Marcel Filoche of École Polytechnique was in that audience. He'd spent more than a decade studying the localization of vibrations, and his research had led to the construction of a prototype noise-abating barrier called a fractal wall used along highways. After my Baroda's talk, the two started speculating whether the irregular bulging patterns in my Baroda's plates might be related to the way Felocious vibrations localized in some places and disappeared in others. Over the next three years, they confirmed that the two phenomena were definitely related. In a 2012 paper, Filoche and Mai Baroda introduced a way to mathematically perceive the terrain the way a wave would see it. The resulting landscape function interprets information about geometry and material a wave is moving through and uses it to draw the boundaries of localization. Previous efforts to pinpoint localized waves had failed due to the complexity of considering all possible waves, but Mai Baroda and Filoche found a way to reduce the problem to a single mathematical expression. To see how the landscape function works, think about a thin plate with a complex outer boundary. Imagine striking it at various points with a rod. It might remain silent in some places and ring in others, how do you know what's going to happen and where? The landscape function considers how the plate flexes under uniform pressure. The places where it bulges aren't visible, but the vibrations perceive those bulges and so does the landscape function. The bulges are where the plate will ring. The lines around the bulges are the lines of localization drawn by the function, and they predict where the vibrations will stay localized. Following their 2012 paper, Mai Baroda and Filoche looked for ways to extend the landscape function from mechanical vibrations to the quantum world of electron waves. Electrons are unique among wave-like phenomena because they behave as both particles and waves. Instead of picturing an ocean wave, think of electron waves as having more or less energy depending on where they're located in the atomic structure of a material. For a given material, there's a map, called the potential, that tells you the energy. The potential is relatively easy to draw for materials like conductors that have an orderly atomic structure, but it's difficult to calculate in materials with highly irregular atomic structures. These disordered materials are the ones in which electron waves will undergo localization. 
Filoche says the randomness of the material makes prediction of the potential map very difficult. But he says compounding the problem is that the potential map also depends on the location of the moving electrons, while the motion of the electrons depends in turn on the potential. There's another challenge in drawing the potential for a disordered material. When waves localize in a region, they're not actually confined completely to that area. They gradually vanish as they get further away from the localization region. In mechanical systems, like a vibrating plate, those distant traces of a wave can be safely ignored. But in quantum systems, filled with hypersensitive electrons, Filos says those traces matter. The initial landscape that we computed, it was perfect to say where the localization regions are. But what we couldn't figure out in the first version is what was the behavior, because the wave is localized in one region, but it's not exactly zero away from this region. It's going down slowly, like exponentially, away from the localization region. And for vibrations, like mechanical vibrations, it's not very important what it does away. It's very small vibration outside the localization region. However, it's very important for quantum system, because if you have an electron here, and another electron here, or a hole there, you know, in two different places, and they are localized in different places, the only way they will interact will be by their exponentially decaying tail. So it's the very low part that makes the interaction. Filoche and Mai Baroda brought in additional collaborators and improved the landscape function's predictive power. They're now finishing work on a paper that describes a new version of the landscape function that predicts exactly where electrons will localize and at what energy level. Mai Baroda says the power of the landscape function is in being able to govern the waves and design the system in which you can control localization rather than leaving it to the gods. And that, as it turns out, is exactly what you need to build a better LED. We know LEDs work through localization. They contain thin layers of semiconducting materials bounded by electrodes. Those electrodes apply a voltage that sets the electrons in motion. The electrons hop from one atom to another, assuming new positions in the potential energy map as they do so. As the electrons move, they leave behind positively charged holes. Modern LEDs are made from wafers of a semiconducting alloy, gallium nitride, which surround even thinner layers of a related alloy, indium gallium nitride. These thin interior layers are called a quantum well. When electrons fall in, they localize at lower energy levels. If they localize in the presence of a hole, the energy difference is emitted as a photon of light. If they localize without a hole, the energy difference is emitted as a phonon of heat and darkness rules. Basically, you want electrons to localize in quantum wells in the presence of holes to emit light. Gallium nitride is generally a good material to make this happen, but it also has its drawbacks. Because of how it's manufactured, you end up with a material that's very irregular at the atomic level. Filoche says green LED is one of the main challenges right now. People, they don't know why exactly, but there is what is called a green gap, which means that there is a region of low efficiency in the green region. We can do blue, 
we can do red around green, it's a bit less efficient. So if it's a bit less efficient, then you have problem creating balanced colors. For example, if you are using them for a display or to create a white spectrum, if you are using them for lighting. Claude Weisbuch of the University of California, Santa Barbara, has been studying ways to use the landscape function to develop better green LEDs. He says you'll find regions of space where you have more indium atoms and other regions with fewer indium atoms. That means energies of electrons in different regions are different, making some less efficient. The landscape function maps the potential energy in messy materials used to make LEDs. It tells you where electron waves will interfere to cancel each other out and where electrons will localize and at what energies. For engineers trying to make these devices, those answers are like turning on a bright light in a dark room. Mathematician Svetlana Maibaroda finished the first version of the landscape function five years ago. Since that time, it sprawled into a number of different research areas. At MIT, researchers are exploring the broader mathematical implications of the function. In France, physicist Marcel Filoche is using a special kind of microscope to experimentally assess the function's predictions. A separate French research team is directly measuring localizations in vibrating plates. And in California, Claude Weisbuch is designing new LEDs. It's a stunning pace, one that amazes my Baroda. She says she doesn't believe it herself. Michelle Yoon helped on this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Kevin Hartnett's full article, Mathematicians Tame Rogue Waves, Lighting Up Future of LEDs, on our website, quantummagazine.org.